Hi, this is Philip Holland, host of Hope for the Day. I'm so excited that you are listening and you have this to look forward to from today's message. There's a tendency of ours to want to react to people when they say things that we don't agree with. We are speaking with our emotions often. The Bible says this in Titus chapter 3, verse 9, But avoid foolish controversies, genealogies, dissensions, quarrels about the law, for they are unprofitable and worthless. What he's saying is, is that there's a tendency to react with, and get yourself caught up into foolish conversations that aren't beneficial for anybody. And really, the truth is, nothing good comes of it. You make your point, they make a point, but nobody's making a difference. Welcome to Hope for the Day with Pastor Philip Holland. In our country, we live in a time where politics have run amok. Christians have never been more confused about candidates, legislation, and how they need to vote. One of the reasons for this confusion is that we are not allowing God to guide our opinions and beliefs about this important subject. In this sermon series entitled Politicked, we will find that God has not come to take sides. He has come to take over, and how that truth affects our lives is what we will be discussing. Please enjoy the message. that might garner them some notoriety and attention was a target. And so you would often find that people that held high levels of uh, a high level position in any kind of organization was targeted for kidnapping, was targeted for hostages, for becoming a hostage, was even a target for being assassinated. And so in 1984, Malcolm Kerr went to work like he always did as a president of the University of Beirut. But on this particular day, as he was standing in front of a desk in the building where he worked, two men came up in an elevator. The elevator doors opened. They dropped what they had, pulled out machine guns, and took him out. Murdered him right there. Now, you might not agree with Steve Kerr, and that's okay. But I tell you what, when you know that a 19-year-old boy had his father murdered, that causes you to become a little bit more patient and loving and compassionate to them. And that's what honors God. It's not necessarily agreeing about every different viewpoint. It's to say, you know what, Steve, I don't agree with you, but man, I'm so sorry that your dad was killed that way whenever you really needed him, as really every son needs their father. And so whenever you hear someone say something about a particular viewpoint that you don't agree with, I would encourage you to, to instead of trying to win an argument, because there was a point I made just a moment ago, actually I didn't say it, but I was alluding to it, is this, is that we are so focused on winning arguments that we're willing to lose relationships. That right, maybe rather than trying to win an argument, you would try to understand a person. And again, it's not about agreeing with them. It's being willing to say, you know what, I at least understand why you have that viewpoint. In Colossians chapter 3, verse 12, the Bible says, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. And that would be really good for all of our hearts. The second thing that I think would be wise for all of us to hold on to as it relates to this subject matter is this. 
to be discerning, to know what is true and to know what is not. Because we have a world that knows how to say things in such a way that it's very persuasive. And if we don't know what truth really is, if we don't know where God stands with something, it can be very easily, we can be very easily swayed. You know, specifically in uh, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, the Bible says this there, that all scripture is God-breathed and is useful. And so that's how you're discerning, is you know God's word. You know where God stands, not where a Democrat stands or where a Republican stands, which is often what happens is we broad stroke it. We say, well, if the Democrats believe this, then I have to agree with them. Or if all the Republicans believe this, then I have to agree with them. But the reality is, is we need to run whatever it is that we're trying to make a viewpoint on or an opinion about on or a candidate or have a view on a candidate. We got to run that through God's word. And we got to say, what exactly does God's word say about that person or that issue? Because all scripture is God breathed and is useful. Why is it useful? Because it teaches us because we don't know everything. And we're not ever going to know everything. Only God knows everything. It's useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and even training. And what? Righteousness. It helps us to be a little bit more like Jesus as we dig more into it. And as we dig into it, we begin to understand, understand things better. Just for example, yesterday... I was changing the cabin filter on my car. It's actually a minivan, but that's another subject. I drive a minivan. It's, it's not a sore subject at all in our family. It's just kind of the way it goes. When you have two minivans, one goes to her, one goes to me. It's the way it is. So I'm changing the cabin filter on this, on this minivan. And as I pull out the cabin filter that's in there, you know what I find? I find dust and dirt and flies. How in the world a fly gets in there? I don't know. But there was multiple flies in there. And I, and I pull that out, and I'm thinking, wow, I was breathing this junk in. And I put it down and throw it away, and I put the other new cabin filter into it. And it's clean, and it's white, and it's nice. And that's what this is for us. It's a filter. And it filters out the gunk and the junk that our world and media and others around us and other pundits are pushing on us. It filters all that out and it catches it. That's what is being said here in that it is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. And here's what happens. is No matter what you believe, uh, politically speaking, is you're able to look at things objectively. In other words, you might actually agree with somebody who's a Democrat, or you might agree with somebody who's a Republican, even though you wouldn't classify yourself as that. Thank you for tuning in to Hope for the Day. Our mission is to offer you hope through Christ-centered biblical preaching. We certainly hope this broadcast is doing just that for you today. You might not know this, but each of these sermons are recorded live at Valley View Christian Church in the Denver metropolitan area. If you live in the city, we would love to meet you in person. We offer Sunday services at 9 and 10.30 a.m. We have programming for children of all ages, dynamic worship, plenty of opportunities to get connected beyond Sundays, outreach initiatives, and much, much more. And do you want to know why we do all that we do? Because so much of our church leadership has had their life changed by a local church. Because it is here that we met Jesus, and He changed our lives. And we want Jesus to change your life as well. So attend a service at Valley View Christian Church. We'd love to meet you personally. 
We're located just south of Highlands Ranch off of Highway 85 Santa Fe. You can go to our church's website, valleyviewcc.com, for more information. Now let's get back to our program. A good example of this is several years ago, in this particular book written by George Bush, Decision Points, he shares an instance in which, as he was coming into the presidency in 2000, of an arrangement uh, that, that he was wanting to make, or let me say legislation that he was wanting to push forth on education. But he knew that in order to get this legislation pushed forward, he needed to have arrangements and agreements with people that were across the political aisle. One of those particular people was Ted Kennedy. I'm going to read to you a little bit from this book. On the surface, he says, Ted and I didn't have a lot in common. He was liberal. I was conservative. He grew up in Cape Cod. I grew up in West Texas. He spent 40 years in Capitol Hill, and at least at that point, as he says, this was my first rodeo there in Capitol Hill. Ted and I did share what Laura called the family business, though. We had, we had family members who were politicians. Ted was friendly, gracious, full of life. He had the trademark Kennedy accent, a great Irish glow. His smile came easily and often gave way to a big, warm laugh. He was a ranking Democrat, though, on the Senate committee that drafted education legislation. He said, I had sent, he had sent signals, as I had already been speaking about the no child left behind policy I wanted to move forward. He had sent signals that he was interested in supporting this. Ted and I were both appalled by the results coming from our public schools. In the competitive global economy, good jobs demanded knowledge and skills, but American students routinely trailed their peers in key subjects. On an international math test comparing 21 countries, America's high school seniors placed only ahead of Cyprus and South Africa. As the two spoke, George Bush said, I highlighted the no child left behind at every, at every campaign event. And eventually, Ted and I were able to speak about this, and he wrote me a letter that said, while we will have our differences along the way, I look forward to making some great progress with education. And because of that, the no child left behind policy became law. Now fast forward, now imagine that today, if you could get two, two of these groups to agree like that on something like education that's not necessarily overly political, that like we would all agree we want our kids to be educated, but it's become political, it's, it's terrible. But then you fast forward a few years. At this point, Ted Kennedy and George Bush have fallen out of favor with one another because of the Iraq war. And George Bush write this, he said, writes this, he says, I pulled Ted Kennedy aside after many remarks that he had made about me. He said, unfortunately, our relationship had deteriorated since the days of No Child Left Behind. He said, I knew Ted disagreed with my decision to remove Saddam Hussein, but I was, dis I was disappointed by the vitriolic speeches in which he claimed that I had broken the basic bond of trust with the American people. His harsh words were such a contrast to the affable, polite man that I had come to know. I was particularly surprised given that Ted had been so on the receiving end of so many nasty political attacks over the years. One of my regrets, and here's what's key, is that I never sat down with Ted for a talk about the war. And then he would go on to say, I wish 
Ted Kennedy and I had had more dinners, like they had one about the no child left behind law that was pushed forth by both of them. Now here's my point, is that if you are filtering things through God's word, you can be discerning to say, I don't care what political party you're a part of, we can actually be on the same page about some of these things, even though we may not agree on other things, which is what Ted Kennedy and George Bush found that they could do. But then when they disagreed about something, the whole relationship broke down. And as a result, maybe not in a huge way, but certainly in a small way, an entire country was impacted by it. Wow. And this is why 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 is so important. Test everything. And you can test everything whenever you know what God's Word says. And then you hold fast to what is good. Hold fast to what is good. No matter who it is that's saying it, you know what is good. But you've got to know God's Word to do that. The third thing is this, is to be responsive. And the word responsive there is an important word because it's not react. There's a tendency of ours to want to react to people when they say things that we don't agree with. We are speaking with our emotions often. The Bible says this in Titus chapter 3, verse 9. But avoid foolish controversies, genealogies, dissensions, quarrels about the law, for they are unprofitable and worthless. What he's saying is, is that there's a tendency to react with, and get yourself caught up into foolish conversations that aren't beneficial for anybody. And really, the truth is, nothing good comes of it. You make your point, they make a point, but nobody's making a difference. James chapter 1 says this, let every person then, wouldn't this be good for all of us? Be quick to hear and slow to speak. Slow to anger, for the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. You know, our bodies, though, are not necessarily wired to cater to this. And maybe, in a way, that's why the Holy Spirit guided James to write these words. You see, your body is wired in such a way that you have a lot of sensory uh, mechanisms in your, in, uh, that were God created within you. You can smell things, you can hear things, you can touch things. All of that. And then your body then translates all of that through a variety of different cells, one cell after another cell after another cell in just nanoseconds. And it all goes to your spine. Even maybe what's happening right now, it's gone to your spine. And here's the key. From there, it then goes through your limbic system. And from there, it goes to your rational thinking uh, system, which is where at the, the, front, the frontal lobe of your brain, okay? This frontal lobe develops gradually and then is fully developed in our early 20s, which is why we see our teenagers make such poor decisions. <laughs> that, that part of their brain just hasn't developed yet. But here's what's important for each and every one of us, is that once something that is said, maybe even like what I'm saying right now, or maybe it's something that you heard on the news or maybe read on your social media accounts, it goes to your, through, your brain, uh, through your spine, into your brain, and that limbic area is where all your emotions are. If you are not trained, let's say it like this, trained in righteousness, or, sen or sensitive to that particular emotional outburst that's going to get caused there, that is what's going to take control of you, 
not your frontal lobe that's rational. And again, maybe that's why the Holy Spirit guided James to say these words, be slow to speak and quick to listen. Because that information needs to pass through that limbic system into your frontal lobe so that way you can at least be rational in the way you handle that problem. That's what happened with Butch Connor as he was going at it with that shark. That there was a moment in there that he was paralyzed by fear on that board. And he had a decision to make then. Either he would stay in that water and just float along and probably be eaten. Or he could override those emotions with his rational thought and say, if that shark's swimming out away from me, I'm going to paddle as fast as I possibly can to get through this riptide and get back to that shoreline. And again, whenever we enter into these shark-infested waters of politics, you have to be operating with that frontal lobe. Or guess what? God isn't going to get honored through that relationship because probably those emotions are going to push you to say something that you shouldn't say or do something that you shouldn't do. Maybe even cause you to fracture a relationship that you wish had never been fractured. Thank you for tuning in to Hope for the Day. We hope this message has been an encouragement to you. I know it has been to others. I recently received a message from a listener of ours who said, thank you for these messages on Hope for the Day. It is encouraging and refreshing to hear biblical-centered teaching that continually points people to Christ. This is one of the several notes that I've received from people that are blessed by our program. That is why we want to continue this program on the radio, but that can only happen through the generous contributions of listeners like yourself. If you'd like to partner with us financially, just go to Valley View Christian Church's website, valleyviewcc.com, and then click on the gift tab there. Once you click on the tab, just designated gift to go to the radio ministry of Hope for the Day. Your gift would be an incredible blessing to this ministry. And as always, we want to meet you personally as well. That is why if you live in the Denver metropolitan area, we want to extend an invitation to you to visit us in person at one of our Sunday services, 9 and 10.30 a.m. If you do, please introduce yourself to me, Philip Holland. I'd love to meet you. Now let's get back to the program. The fourth thing is this, is to be loving. You know, what's interesting about Jesus, whenever he says this in John chapter 13, what's interesting is that he doesn't say that you're going to become known for legislation or you're going to become known by a political party if you follow him. He says this, By this everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. And I am fully aware that love has been misdefined and mischaracterized in a variety of ways. I mean, people love cheeseburgers, which I love a cheeseburger. Um, People love french fries. They love pizza. People fall in and out of love all the time. I mean, real love is like something that's committed. There's sacrifice involved. You know what it really is? The Bible says that that Jesus came into this world with truth and with grace. And you have this great tension. He was fully truthful. So if I had a rubber band in my hands that would be stretched out, you can imagine one end is truth, the other end is grace. And that tension, if you really stretch it out, that's love. That is what love is. It is when truth is fully present, grace and compassion are fully present, it's all there. And you aren't going to get known for just truth or just grace or just being a Democrat or just being a Republican or just standing one way or the other. You're going to be known 
by love. I have a sister who, I mean, politically speaking, I mean, she couldn't be more different than me. Very, very different than I am. And she's somebody that if you were to be inquisitive, you would find that, man, she has had a hard, hard, hard life. I don't, any of you ever seen the movie Wreck-It Ralph? Maybe a couple of you, a couple of you, you, you Christians, you're always watching Passion all the time. Just, I understand. Well, there's this movie out there called Wreck-It Ralph. It's a cartoon. It's great for your kids or your grandkids if you ever want to watch it. But in this movie, there's a, there, one of the characters, she is um, said to have been created with the worst possible backstory that anybody could ever have. And so, therefore, she has this really abrasive personality. That's my sister. If she could, if somebody could be created with a really bad backstory, that's my sister. And so if you're inquisitive, you learn that pretty quickly. I'll tell you what, I would never argue with her about abortion. I could, and I might even win the argument, truthfully. I'd probably shut her down within just a few minutes. But more than that, I want my sister to believe in Jesus. Because if she were to come to believe in Jesus, then all these different policies and candidates that we would disagree on would get sorted out from there. Maybe not entirely, because there's a lot of baggage there to get dealt with. But I'll tell you what, if she just got Jesus right, that, I wouldn't even care. Because I know what Jesus is going to do to her life, because I know what Jesus has done to my life. And what I would say is that maybe, maybe some of you might be able to restore some relationships. Maybe you'll be able to avoid breaking some relationships. If you were just to be a little bit more loving. Or as Philippians chapter 2 says this of Jesus. In your relationships. I love that. That's how he starts. He doesn't say in your daily walk with life or in, in your pursuit of accomplishing a variety of different goals. He, he doesn't say uh, in your desire, in your desire to make a great name for yourself. No, he says in your relationships, because that's what we're talking about today. Healthy relationships, no matter what. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Jesus Christ who being in the very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used for his own advantage. He didn't consider equality with God an opportunity to persuade people to agree with him. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant. And I don't know about the people who have served you, but if you're a true servant, you're not going to argue with somebody. I mean, is there anything more aggravating than when a, somebody who's serving you at a restaurant is arguing with you? I mean, that is like literally the most aggravating thing. I could care less what you think. Because a servant doesn't argue. A servant serves. The very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness and being found in the appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, 
that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth under earth and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is the Lord to the glory of God the Father. There is nothing that God would want more for you than to have healthy relationships for everybody in your life. And there's nothing that God, I think, wants more in this whole world is for him to get glory. And so as we have that mindset of Christ, those relationships are protected. He gets the glory. And maybe, just maybe, whatever it is that God is doing in our world, his kingdom advances, not a party's kingdom advancing. So let's have a word, a prayer. Just pray over this subject and pray over our hearts. Heavenly Father, we're so grateful for what you've done for us in Jesus. And Lord, it is, this is so hard for us to sort out. But God, I pray that we would not be ruled by emotions, Father, instead that we would be rational followers of yours. And I pray also, Lord, that we would be able to filter everything through your word. And God, that no matter where we're at in life, no matter where we're at in life, no matter where our relationships are at, that we would experience your blessing there. A blessing that is beyond imagination. Let me give you all this in the name of Jesus. To learn more about this sermon, sermon series, or other messages, please visit our church's website at valleyviewcc.com. You can also find these radio segments on the Hope for the Day, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Valley View Christian Church is located just south of Highlands Ranch off of Highway 85, Santa Fe. We provide services at 9 and 10.30 a.m. every Sunday. This broadcast is made possible through generous contributions of listeners like you. If you'd like to partner with us financially, just go to our church's website and then click on the gift tab there. We look forward to having you join us again next time on Hope for the Day.